0: You're listening to Well, I'm at Wake Up, and I'm Melanie Zirmer. Congresswoman Andrea Salinas is the first person to represent Oregon's Congressional District 6. Congressional District 6 was the newly created district after the 2020 census and the redistricting process. Andrea Salinas was elected to serve in November of 2022. Congressional District 6 consists of Polk and Yamhill counties, in addition to portions of Marion, Clackamas, and Washington counties, and it takes in all of Salem and the southwest suburbs of Portland. And prior to serving in Congress, Representative Salinas served in the Oregon legislature and was an aide to former Congresswoman Darlene Hooley. So, obviously, you're no stranger to politics, and we're really honored to have you here this morning. Thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Melanie.
0: Congresswoman Salinas, we're here to talk about housing and sheltering from a federal perspective and then, of course, other issues affecting Oregonians and residents in the KMUZ listening area. As much of the nation, Oregon is also challenged by a housing shortage and homelessness, and the legislature is meeting soon to in a, in a short session where the key focus will be on efforts to create more housing stock. So what could you say that's happening in D.C. that could help or hinder efforts in Oregon to do just that?
1: Well, thank you. I'd like to just set a little bit of context, and I'm sure folks, your listeners, certainly know this um, to be true. But just to give other people who may not be following and may not be wonky in terms of our housing and homelessness crisis, Oregon has the third highest rate of homelessness in the nation and the sixth highest rate of homelessness among families with children That and so many, the majority of them are actually living on the streets in their cars or in other unsheltered places. And so that means that kids are facing houselessness and being unsheltered, which is, you know, just really devastating in and of itself. But to be clear Oregon's housing shortage is among the worst in the country um you know we yes there's estimates out there that we're about 140,000 homes short of current demand and if we want to keep pace within the next 20 years we're going to need to build more than 440,000 units so with all that said and knowing that Oregon is not the only state that is facing this crisis like i said you know we're or third um, in the nation highest but you know other states across the nation are facing this right now and really it a big part of it is about a stock shortage right we just don't have enough homes and that is leading to Unaffordability for anyone, you know, for people who are trying to enter the market to be able to buy a home. And it's also increasing rental prices. So this is definitely a housing affordability crisis right now. And in the short of it, we need to increase housing supply. Um, And there are a number of things actually that I have been working on at the federal level to address this. And there are lots of different. Areas that we can we can work on this. You know, I've been taking site visits across the district, but particularly in Marion County. And I've seen firsthand what our local partners can do to address the issue and how they can work in partnership. Um, But some of the things that I have been working on at um, the federal level, there um, are some things that support essentially housing. One of them, it's called Yes, in my Backyard Act. It would require community development Block grant recipients and lots of our local jurisdictions apply for these. It would require them to report on whether they have already adopted certain anti-discriminatory land use policies and submit a plan for implementing those policies. In ways that um adopting the policy would benefit the jurisdiction. So in other words, like things that would improve and encourage high density single family and multifamily zoning. So a lot of that middle, um, what we call the you know middle home um kinds of housing and allow manufactured homes in areas zoned primarily for single-family residential homes and reducing um, you know, minimum lot sizes so the lots aren't as big as you know, maybe some. Would have preferred. So, things like that are some of the um, things that I've been working on. But, you know, we just actually got um, a notice this past week that was um, pretty exciting that we should be seeing some additional funds. I think it's like $60 million that we should see coming to Oregon. for prevention of homelessness and um, and different housing initiatives, and including several projects in Marion County. So there is a lot going on at the federal level.
0: All right. Is, and that's just assuming we can make these bills pass. Uh, obviously, right. we've been hearing a lot about blockages and work not getting done. However, uh, a big uh, big win for low-income families with the uh, passage of the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act. Uh, anything you want to add to that that we might not already know?
1: Well, yeah, I was really excited to learn um, that... There were pieces of this, um, a bill that I actually co-sponsored. It's called the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, which would support the financing of almost 2 million units nationwide. And this bill would make it easier to finance affordable housing projects and encourage developers to use private activity bonds to get those projects off the ground. And so clearly this would add to our housing stock. So there were pieces of that bill, um, including... um, uh, low income housing tax credit that were included in the recent bipartisan tax deal that passed the House last night. And just so your listeners know, this was something that I had been encouraging Speaker Johnson to bring to the floor. Um, and it was so it was really great um, to see such strong bipartisan support for it. And mm-hmm. and now we just have to make sure that the Senate follows suit and passes this tax package without delay.
0: Right. Apparently, they're kind of um, digging their heels in
1: Yeah, which is so funny because, you know, this was a negotiated deal between our, you know, our senior senator, Senator Wyden and chair of the Ways and Means Committee, um, Congressman Smith on the House side. So, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And so, you know, those are the two majority leaders from Senate Finance and from uh, Ways and Means. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: You have a national perspective and you've talked about some things that you're initiating in Congress, but do you have any thoughts that you could share with Oregon legislators to help them in their effort to get more housing stock?
1: Well, as I mentioned in, you know, at the top, when we first dove in, this is a really big problem that requires lots of different components. Well, you know, housing stock is one piece of it. You know, I I alluded to, you know, different areas around supporting different housing, right? Making sure that we also put in place um, things to make sure that energy costs are lower for those who are renting or those who are in manufactured homes and that sort of thing. So knowing, though, that the housing stock piece is such a big part of it, it's going to be hard. And I recognize that, you know, the governor's bill is is a little bit controversial, but the housing is needed right now. And so while I wish, you know, we could have actually looked at some of our land use planning laws and had those conversations first to figure out the impact, um, you know, I think that the housing just needs to be built, and that is first and foremost. When we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as I've been taking tours around Salem and you know different even rural parts of our um, community in, in the sixth congressional district, um, we need more housing, and we need to bring down the cost of um, home prices so that younger families can start to to build their lives and and start families, and we also need to make sure that rent prices are going down. And I think. The you know whatever the the legislature decides to do on on the governor's bill, at the end of the day, we just need to make sure we are bringing more housing and more housing stock um, available to Oregonians.
0: A side issue around that is I've been talking to mayors around in the cities in in this area who are struggling with their own budgets because of the property tax measure limitations. And although they also agree we need more housing, they're concerned about who's going to be responsible for developing the infrastructure. Do you, from a federal level, have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, you know, there are different ways that we can, you know, also provide incentives and provide... um, tax incentives, essentially, I think is the way to do it to, you know, to defray the costs of um, systems development charges and that sort of thing. Um, And we just need to be working with our local and state partners on the best way to do that. Right. So um, because, yes, that is that's I mean, it's been a big part of this Congress and the last Congress, certainly the 117th Congress who passed the bipartisan infrastructure law under Democratic control, Um, This was a big part of this effort, right, is to make sure that water infrastructure, that roads and bridges are stable for our communities. And that is a big part when you, you know, build a development also to make sure that, you know, the, the infrastructure is there. So absolutely, this is something that's, you know, kind of first and foremost on my mind as I've been trying to think about projects and how it all fits together and the federal government's role and how the state's working so so just making sure i also stay in touch with um my state um partners i think is really important
0: uh, if you've just joined us, I'm talking with Congresswoman Andrea Salinas from Congressional District Six, who serves the Salem area and parts of Polk and Marion County. And we've been talking about housing and homelessness and what can happen at the federal level, what's happening in Oregon. But um, from your from where you sit, also, what are some of the most common concerns your constituents have been sharing with you?
1: Well, there are, you know there are a number of concerns. You know, I hear from from family members whose children, grandchildren are on the street and not, you know, and unsheltered. And they are really, really concerned about that. Right. But I'm also hearing from people who are concerned about their own safety and what it means to have, you know, a high rate of unsheltered and homeless people. And, you know, and then the the drug and addiction problem, you know, kind of exacerbates, I think, that fear. And, you know, we are seeing, you know, and I've talked to, I I talk frequently to Our police and um, sheriff's offices to to really understand how it all affects each other. And, you know, I think I think people are tired of of seeing the, the plight on their streets. They don't you know, nobody wants to live in a community where they they know that people are suffering and in trauma. Um, And at the same time, people, I think, are feeling helpless, but making sure that, again, that there are the partnerships there. And I know our Marion County um, Sheriff's Department and our Salem Police Department are working so hard with housing partners, with addiction partners, with the, you know, the DA's office to make sure that they are they're approaching this with compassion and understanding um, but also trying to make people feel safe, right? It's it's that balance. And so th- those have been some of the discussions and things that I've been hearing from, you know, from people on the ground who are experiencing this firsthand.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd want to share with KMUZ listeners this morning?
1: Well, I would just say, um, you know, I am completely honored to be serving this district. And since my first day in Congress, I have been laser focused on finding solutions to so many of the problems that we talked about today. I'm not about sound bites and stunts. I'm all about solutions and getting things done for Oregonians. And so I, you know, I have been fighting to secure so many dollars for important projects that will make life better and safer for our community you know and that includes things like you know trying to get over I'm um, and I should get it it's in the Appropriations bills we just need to pass them over two million dollars to build a community center in Grand Ronde over three million dollars to expand the terminal at Salem Airport so we can bring commercial air service back to Salem and encourage more flights out of there you know over a million and a half um, in needed repairs in the Tigard emergency heating and cooling center and um, trying to deliver clean drinking water to the residents of Carlton build trying to build a new bridge in Independence repair roads in McMinnville so we have a lot going on and as long as we can get some of these appropriations bills passed Oregon 6 is really poised to benefit from from the work that I've done so yeah so that's what I would like our you know your listeners to know
0: and how and how can they stay engaged with you
1: Oh that is definitely um Easy. We, my team is amazing. We have been holding what we call mobile office hours. We've held them in all five counties in the district to help with any problems that folks are having, right? So that's one way. So, you know, just make sure you're following me and my website, salinas.house.gov. And if folks ever need help with a federal agency, they can always call my office at 503 385 0906. And just one more time, 503-385-0906. And a member of my team can certainly help with that federal agency. We've gotten, you know, dollars back for benefits, for BA, VA benefits, social security benefits, trying to, you know, work through the red tape around Medicare. And so those are the types of issues that I we hear frequently um from our folks. So yes, um, and our constituents. So there's so many great ways that we can engage. I've also been holding lots of in-person town halls. I've held five of them. We held a virtual town hall last year, and we just held one earlier this week as well. And then lots and lots, over 100 and almost 150 one-on-one meetings with constituents and stakeholders.
0: So they can find out more about all of these town halls coming up from your website and probably get on an email list. Absolutely, yes. There's
1: actually a little place that says, yeah, to sign up for newsletters and information. Mm
0: -hmm. Great, thank you so much. Andrea Salinas, Congressional District 6, thanks for joining us today. I know you've got a lot of work to do.
1: Thank you, Melanie.